Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever y'all, wherever you may be. I'm going to give you a quick rundown on what's on tonight's edition of the Clown Hour podcast. I'm going to talk about the big trade of the day, James Harden from the Houston Rockets to the uh, Brooklyn Nets, which also included the Indiana Pacers and the Cleveland Cavaliers. We're going to get into the NFL playoffs, to who look really bad this weekend, my Steelers, who really look good, the Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns, as well as the college football playoff national championship game. We're going to break down the, the game and what it means for Nick Saban's legacy. So until then, and also one more thing, please buy some merch from your boy. Please buy some merch. I really appreciate it. All right, then. I'll see you in a little bit. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, wherever you may be. Welcome to this edition of the Clown Hour, July, July January the 13th. I'm already looking forward to summer already. Um, yeah, so we're going to get a lot to get into. So first, I'm going to introduce my co-host, my man, Dwayne Nash. Please check him out on the yard. So it's HBCU Sports, reps about all things HBCU Sports. It's where Sleazy Radio every Tuesday night on Facebook Live. Also check out his good work on Herosports.com. We reps about FCS athletics, especially as it pertains to HBCUs. And um, love the sweatshirt, sir. I'll ask you about that in a minute. Uh, ah, yes. <laughs> that's what's I'm asking about that. Um, as for me, uh, check out my, my sports blog called The Clown Times. It's Clown Spirit with K at www.theclowntimes.net. You can check me out on Facebook as well. We're on your smartphone, laptop, desktop. Just go to Facebook, search for The Clown Times. You'll find me there. And one more thing, get the merch. Get the merch. Hey, Please look get out it. for my, look out for my order. It's coming in before this week is out. My order's coming in before this week is out. So hopefully within the next few weeks, I'll be wearing Clown Times merch in a few weeks. Nice. <laughs> of course, recording all the Kia P skit. Uh, but anyway, uh, please go to cafepress.com. That's right. Let me get back on track. Please go to go to cafepress.com and search for the Clown Time Sports. You'll find me there as well. So we got a lot to get into, brother, including the big news of the day. James Harden, he got his wish. He was delivered. Um, he was traded <laughs> from, <laughs> he was traded from, if you don't know, Google. Um, he was traded from the Houston Rockets to the Brooklyn Nets. And, you know, which also involved the Indiana Pacers and the Cleveland Cavaliers. So first of all, uh, as far as what uh, Houston got, I'm gonna scroll down right quick here. Um, they got Brooklyn's three unprotected first round draft picks in the jail in 2022, 2024, 2026, plus four pick swaps in 2021, 2023, 2025, and 2027. Uh, they also got Jared, center Jared, Jared Allen for Torian Prince um, from the Nets. And basically, as well as uh, 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 um, Karis LeVert, who was later traded to the Indiana Pacers for Victor Oladipo, and I'm feeling a little bit sorry for Victor Oladipo, but that's not a hero there. Uh, and so also, like, Cleveland, also uh, Houston received Cleveland's guard, Dante Exum, and I mm -hmm. believe they also got Cleveland's 2020, 2022 first-round pick as well. Uh, Houston's also sent a 2023, a lot of years there, second-round pick to the Pacers. And one last thing, Brooklyn also got a 2024 second-round pick from the Cavaliers. Huh. That's a lot. But yeah, you know I, I had to keep up with the way that you were saying it, basically, <laughs> what I'm reading right here. Yeah. It, it, was, it broke it down in a little bit more uh, simplified manner. 
saying that, you know, the Brooklyn, um, the Brooklyn Nets get James Harden and the 2024 second round pick from the Cavs. Right. The Rockets get Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum, and and Karokas. I can't even pronounce yeah, his yeah. first um, name. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. I yeah, from the Nets. Right. Yeah, along with three unprotected well, first round picks, like you said, from 22, 24, mm-hmm. 26. And then they swap picks in 21, uh, 23, 25, and 27, which I'm trying to figure out who that will really benefit. Mm-hmm. And then also they get the Cavs first round um, 22 pick via the, the Milwaukee Bucks. Mm-hmm. The Pacers get um, Carius Levert and the 2023 second round pick from the Rockets. And the Cavs get Jared Allen and, and Tarian Prince from the Nets. Um, wow. Yeah, that was exactly. a lot of stuff going on. Yes. And <laughs> I, I, I was hearing the deal because I was out and about today. Um, and, and I heard the deal as it was evolving mm-hmm. um, on the radio today. And it was just originally said that it was going to be... Um, uh, 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 well, it originally started out as, as Jared Dudley and um, I think Allen to Houston for James Harden. And then the, the deal, like I said, just kept evolving. And then all of a sudden, next thing I know, I heard Victor Oladipo's name. Yeah. Now, I found it interesting that you you feel um, sorry for Oladipo, whereas I'm starting to think the Houston Rockets might be the winner in this in this entire deal. Oh, they're several winners. Reasons. Oh, they're big yeah. winners. They're huge winners. I mean, bad, bigger, bigger winners than I thought because remember, James Harden had him over a barrel because everyone yeah. knew he wanted out. So mm-hmm. you didn't have to, they didn't have to give him the best deal. And to me, I thought that Houston would have won it, would have won it. Maybe they wanted it before. And this is the Karis Avert. They wanted Dinwiddie before Dinwiddie got hurt. Yeah. So the fact that, I mean, it sucks for Dinwiddie that he's hurt, but still, the fact that Dimwitty is still a net, right? That's huge. Yeah. And they didn't have to lose Joe Harris. They didn't have to lose a couple other cats. So Brooklyn still has a shooting. They still have the playmaking ability. They obviously they're not going to touch take, uh, KD, Kevin Durant, but and you know they 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 still have their depth. Not as much with Carol Savert being gone. That was huge. That was super huge. That was huge. But still. It's not as they didn't have to gut their death as much as originally would have, have thought, right? Mm-hmm. Again, because they still have Dimwitty, they still have Joe Harris. So to me, I think, and plus, you know, Indiana got its man in a sense, and Carol Savert, which is he's gonna be great for Indiana. Yeah. I think. I think mm-hmm. to go along with uh, Malcolm Brogdon and company, he's gonna be that's gonna be big for Indiana. And so I think to me it's a win-win-win. Yeah. Right? Houston got their pieces. They got their first round picks because remember they gave those picks away to get uh, Chris Paul and later on to get uh, uh, um, Russell Westbrook. So they replenished mm-hmm. themselves. Yeah, they really replenished their future. And so, and they don't have a bad squad. I was cracking on Olipa earlier. They don't have that bad of a squad. They didn't have a bad squad to begin with. It's that yeah. James Harden came in out of shape and fat. You know, I mean, if you see. Someone on Twitter said that it looked like James Harden hit the all-you-can-eat buffet before the game. <laughs> I mean, you can see it, too. I mean, he's like, he's, you can see his belly was a little bit thick. And, you know, he still had his muscles, right? But mm-hmm. his belly was thick. And you could tell he was out of shape. He was laboring. He couldn't yeah. get a shot going. 
He got stuffed at the rim by Anthony Davis. Not that anything's wrong getting blocked by Anthony Davis, but still, the point is, is that he wasn't explosive in his finishes last night against the Lakers. He just looked bad. I'll say this um, as a guy that's built with a gut. James Harden <laughs> game is not built for a dude with a gut. It's just not. Correct. Right. Yeah. You know, my game right now mm-hmm. is, is more of a matured version of what my game used to be. Even go. for a short guy, I was a low post guy. You know, I was a, a, a gravity. huge fan. Center of gravity, right? The center of gravity. Well, well yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I, like to, I like to get a little rough down low uh, back then. Plus, my, my J wasn't, you know, as, 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 as nice as some others. So getting down in the mix and getting dirty, you know, mm-hmm. growing up on the likes of Charles Barkley and, and then later on watching my man um, out of Georgetown, the, the JYD, um, God, you know, I, I just enjoyed that low post game. Mm-hmm. So, but enough about me and fat basketball players. My thing is this, <laughs> right? I'm intrigued to see what um, James Harden is going to do in terms of getting himself back into basketball shape and, that's and how huge. long that's going to take, right? right. That's number right. one. Mm-hmm. Number two is the elephant in the room, or in this case, the elephant not in the room. Um, <laughs> one Kyrie Irving. Right? God, yes. For, for, for the, the what is wrong with that guy? What's going on with him? I mean, he's you know missing what? games and going to birthday parties, maskless on a on, on like a, on a what senator or a mayor candidate or who I don't know, a politician's uh, Zoom call. What the fuck is going on with him? Yo, this dude, I, I'm I don't know. I, I can't explain Kyrie, right? And, and a yeah. lot of this goes back to stuff that he would say about four or five years ago that we kind of ignored mm-hmm. and then it just kept getting worse and then it kind of apexed in my opinion with the flat earther thing right yeah and then you know the, the, the comments made last year about him uh suggesting that players shouldn't come back and play in the bubble and i'm like dude you weren't playing anyway because you was i hurt right. and then of course the whole sage incident and then for those of uh, of you out there who are knowledgeable about sage and probably felt some type of way when you saw Kyrie out there with Sage after having a conversation with, with, with someone who was understanding of that spiritual world, especially as it the, the pertains to herbs. Right. They were like, mm, I don't know how I feel about Kyrie Irving having Sage, but that's another conversation too. Yeah. And then of course we fast forward to get to this week where he's hanging out with his sister and, and his dad, whose birthdays are this week. Um, he's out at parties, like you said, doing Zoom interviews for politicians and um, just choosing not to report. Now, my thing is this. If you want to be an activist and you don't want to ball, fine, do that and just go ahead and say that you're retiring from the league. Yeah. But you can be an activist and an athlete at the same time. We see LeBron James do it all the time. We Correct. see NFL players do it all the time we've seen bill russell we've seen oscar robinson we've seen ali hell we've seen colin kaepernick beg to do both and yet this Mm -hmm. dude is making the decision that i'm only going to do one and i'm going to do the other when i want and it's very interesting i've never seen anyone who is just going to just say you know what I'll, i'll get back to work when i want to get back to work I, I want to see how the, the Nets handle this, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, it's because it's, it's not league business. He is an employee of the Nets. <clears throat> and I want to see whether whether or not he's going to face any ramifications for this or not. 
Um, and then if he decides to come back, what type of teammate is he going to be? How is he going to be accepted by his teammates when he does return? And then how is he going to coexist with his new teammate when you're talking about two guards who are both ball dominant, who, <laughs> ironically enough, have a, a recent history of, of, of being, um, for lack of a better phrase, team destroyers. Yeah. See Boston. <laughs> see Boston Celtics. See Boston. Especially. See how he threw rocks at Cleveland and, and, yeah. and LeBron after he left. Oh my God. See OKC kind of sort of. Well, see more so Houston with 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 um with with, with James Harden and how he spoke upon his teammates there. Mm -hmm. Um and, and and applaud John Wall and, and and oh my god, the adult in the room. DeMarcus Cousins. How about that? Him, right? Yeah. DeMarcus Cousins. He spoke with some sense. Good sense. You know, speaking sense about the situation. Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm really intrigued, like I said before, to me, the headlines post this trade mm -hmm. are how are the Nets going to evolve with this new situation? Right. How are the Rockets going to do? Because, I mean, they already had the question of dealing with the, the, the health of John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins and how long they will be able to, because they're starting off this season playing out beautifully. I didn't, I wasn't expecting them to come out playing this well. Yeah. Um, but yeah. can they keep this pace up? And then with the new additions <clears throat> that they have with Oladipo and, and, and then the, the youth that they have, especially with, with Christian Wood, um, will this team continue to thrive in, in, in the Western Conference? And, and how high can they get? Because I, I think in the beginning of the season, we both had them in the lower part uh, in terms of fighting for a playoff, playoff spot. spot. Yeah, I had them yeah. no higher than six. Yeah, and I had them not making the playoffs potentially. Mm -hmm. um, maybe as a, as a ninth or tenth seed. This deal right here probably, in my eyes, raises them up to, to six, maybe even mm -hmm. five. But that's all predicated on whether or not this team can play well together. Well, you know what, man? The shame and of that stay is, healthy. Yeah, the shame of that are two things. Mm -hmm. You mentioned DeMarcus Cousin early. He's he's averaged a damn near double double. He had 13 and 10 last night. Yeah. Coming off the bench, he played what 18 minutes, but I think that's gonna increase when he gets himself well rounded health-wise. Mm -hmm. Uh John Wall, he had a very efficient game. He had 10 points, five assists in 30 minutes. Um, but this real shame comes. That's the first thing. The second saying, the real shame comes in the fact that they have a new coach. The new coach is a brother. His yeah. first time, his first opportunity, even though he's been around the NBA, the NBA is in his blood and Steven Silas. His pops, mm -hmm. uh, Paul Silas. Paul Silas, yes, great sir. Paul Silas. I mean, mm -hmm. the thing, that's why I hate about this James Harden thing. He didn't give him a chance. No, he didn't. He didn't he give didn't. him a chance. I mean, it, with James Harden right mentally, this, this team was playing well. I mean, I think they would have won a couple of games if he was engaged, more engaged. Yeah. If he was more engaged. Um, and even still, I mean, it's a long season. And, you know, people expected to drop off anyway. Hence, our predictions are in the season, right? Mm -hmm. um, projections, I should say. But this is a goddamn shame. He did. He just threw him under, I saw us, uh, under the bus, left him in a very difficult situation. They got a new GM as well, obviously, since... Um, What's his face left to go to the uh, 76ers? Um, mm -hmm. But I mean, 
with Cousins playing well and John playing Wall playing well, it's just it's just too bad. Uh, I'll just say say this: the addition of Oladipo should help them. I think that he'll come in pissed from being traded yet again in his young career, but which is too bad because I think he's a damn good player. But I think that should coalesce the 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 uh, the uh, locker room a bit more, and mm-hmm. maybe rally more behind Salas because I think the other guys started buying the Salas, and you know being that Wall is on the second chance and Cousins maybe on his last chance, you know, given his health and everything, um, they're starting to play better. So it's, it's it's a shame that things had to end that way. But I would say this, as far as I, I didn't talk, I talked a little bit about the Pacers earlier, but they're already playing well as it is. Mm-hmm. To get a cat like Karis LeVert to join that squad, I mean, I uh, uh, I mentioned Broden earlier. I think, Holiday, I think the Holiday Brothers are still with, with Indiana. I'm just gonna I think so, it. too. I take check here, because they beat the Pacers, the, the Pace, they beat the Warriors last night. So I'm looking at the box score now. So, yeah, so... Um, so bonus is playing well. So you get that young talent, that young core. And of course, Miles Turner too. So that that young core, throw in a good, a damn good player in Levert, who's probably gonna come in pissed with a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. And then it's gonna be a problem. They they already, they're already in the upper, I mean, it's, it's early, obviously, but still they're, it's they're, they're, they're in the earth, they're in the top half of the Eastern Conference standings just from just from memory. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be a problem. They're going to be a bigger problem with, with Levert. I think Levert yeah. fits in better than Oladipo did. So that's 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 one team that really matter. Where hits the win win win, right? So I mean, Brooklyn's still figuring it out. They're, they're going to be fine. They got the talent to figure it out. Um, I, yeah, I just hope that Kyrie Irving doesn't really fuck that situation up. And with Harden coming in, his 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 a catcher. With Harden, with Harden coming in, and I know that Kyrie and Durant are tight. KD are tight, mad tight. Mm-hmm. Who's to say, when it comes down to it, who's to say that, and I know NBA contracts are guaranteed, um, but who's to say that someone was not talking to Kyrie as we speak? It says, look, bro, we're trying to win shit here. Yeah. If you don't want to play anymore, don't play anymore. That that's fine. If you don't, if you're not feeling the squad, we'll get you the fuck out of here. I think that's not true, but still, if that's the case, I, I'm hoping it, that's the case. I'm yeah. hoping somebody is pulling this dude by his coattail and yeah. say, "Hey, make a decision, bro." Yeah, you either you either in or you're, or you're out. Make a decision. We because we would like to have you here. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to be here, then okay, we'll make provisions to make sure that you're gone. And that's one of the things that I was surprised wasn't the deal originally as of going straight up between Harden that's and, what I thought and at first, Kyrie. Yeah. yeah, but my belief was that it's possible, it's, it's, it's that the Houston Rockets didn't want to deal with that headache. Yes. You know, so I, I and I completely understand. Mm-hmm. But two things real quick as it pertains to the Houston Rockets. First and foremost, um, this was the team, the Houston Rockets, with, with the, their three, I guess, leaders, if you will, in terms of veterans, um, is is what I wanted the, the Washington Wizards to be a couple of years ago mm-hmm. in terms of having homegrown talent and Victor Oladipo being back home, right. having John Wall here and mm-hmm. them two playing alongside. 
um, DeMarcus Cousins. I'm kind of jealous, but at the same time, I'm kind of not because they only got a, a, a pair of good knees between the two of them. But, you know, <laughs> they're showing me wrong right now by the way that they're playing right now. So oh, maybe hilarious. I need to shut my mouth. Um, number two, mm-hmm. um, maybe Silas is better off not having James Harden there. That's the um, thing, too. Yeah, we've talked about this um, before uh, 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 when, when there were rumblings of both Harden and Westbrook wanting out of Houston, and now they're both gone, that um, they weren't giving Silas a chance with him being a young black coach. And we already know this as it pertains to, to, to the head coaching jobs anywhere on any level mm-hmm. as it comes to, to, to black hires. In most right. cases, they end up getting hired in places where there's been a lot of failure and they're looked at as being potential saviors and potentially not given enough time to come in and clean up that mess. Um, with that said, it, that job becomes a little bit easier when you don't have um, a, a malcontent in-house with you making things more difficult. So for, right. for Silas, I'm, I'm glad that he's gone and now he doesn't have to deal with that and they can go ahead and continue to, to, to develop this team under what he wants to do. And then, um, what was that? Um, part three, what, what you said about Oladipo and him being traded um, around a lot in his career. That's We've had this conversation before, too. Yeah. Um, Oladipo is, is one of those guys that I consider to be second-tier guys. It doesn't necessarily, and, and by saying that, um, it's not saying anything negative about his talent level. Of course. Um, because, yes, he's an all-star. Not necessarily an all all NBA guy, mm-hmm. but he's an all star, multi time all star, but he's good enough to be trade bait. It's not to yes. say that great players can't be trade bait either, but in most cases, you'll see those second tier guys be a guy that moves around often because he has something that everyone wants, and it's not because he's just an added piece into the deal to make the deal sweeter. No, he's thrown in because he's an asset right and 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 that 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 actually speaks volumes to Oladipo but at the same time it it says that he's not necessarily great enough to be somewhere long term so we'll it'll be interesting to see what what happens with him he's kind of reminiscent to me of a a slightly more athletic Joe Johnson yeah that's a good comparison that's a good reminder uh, yeah, this is too bad. I like old people a lot. He's very talented off the court. He can sing, um, but you know he's a great personality off the court. But we'll, yeah, but we'll see, man. But again, that's like I said, we're kind of sharing the brain with this here. Houston did get better. Mm-hmm. I think Indiana got better. Yeah, I think Brooklyn didn't have to give up all his assets and death. Yeah. So that's that why I think out. that's why I think it's a win, win, win. Uh, in Cleveland, they got who never did whoever they need to get. So whatever. Um, <laughs> we're around to whatever happens in Cleveland. Happens. Whatever happens in Cleveland right. happens. Um, yeah, Dan Gilbert. Um, let's move to the NFL playoffs. <laughs> so we're going to. I still have any love to move. So we're going to move from the good all the way down to the ugly, right? So and I think it was real lucky. We're going to get to the ugly part later, obviously. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting about the NFL playoffs is that of the six games during Super Wild Card Weekend, or as they call the Wild Wild Card uh, Weekend, um, only two of the home teams won. 
Yeah, I, I was pointing that out to the guys as we were watching the games. Yeah. Um, only two home teams won. Um, the two seed, the five seed, and the six seed on both sides all advanced. Yeah. Um, and, and um, yeah, 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 yeah. It was just very interesting to see, especially that 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 latter, the the, the earlier fact of only two home teams, mm-hmm. and of course, it's both the two seeds that 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 won at the crib. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it's, it's, it was it was very interesting, and it was a lot of good football played. Yeah, uh, up until that dumpster fire on late Sunday night. Yeah, uh, yeah. Say, I'll say I'll say it. I have a lot of shit to say about that. As you go out, yeah. But let's start with the positive first. And work our way down to the bat. Um, the positive being the the Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson. Now he makes it me. He makes it hate hard for me to hate the Ravens again. <laughs> I always respected the Ravens because already all it's something about teams that talk shit and back it up, mm-hmm. like the Ray Lewis's, the Ed Reeds, and the Terrell Suggs did. Uh, Terrell Suggs just say did. Um, I respect always respect teams who do that, even as a team I couldn't stand in the Ravens. Um, but I'll say this, man: I'm glad that Lamar got his first win, playoff win. That monkey's office back, reminiscent whispers of. Uh, of, of Bill Pulley saying he should change positions, which is still the most one of the most stupid things I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Um, you know, here's the stat line. Lamar Jackson finished 17-24-179 yards. He had that awful pick early in the game where he called it that quote, dumbass pass. Yeah. Um, but it also led the team in rushing with 136 yards on just 16 carries and that long touchdown that tied the game, that to me was a turning point. When they were mm-hmm. down 10 nothing, they were later down 10 to three. And then that tied the game. And from there, actually, hell, I mean, when, when they were down 10 nothing, they scored the Titans 20, 20 to three the rest of the way. Yeah. And, you know, when they came out in the second half and scored that touchdown with TK, with JK Dobbins, scored that touchdown to make it 17 10, even though it was early, it was. They took off a lot of time in the third quarter in that drive, but I'm like, it's over. It, it's over. I mean, because like they didn't let the Titans get close. Well, they got close, but still they weren't threatened. You know what I'm saying? Because it was obvious, if you could tell, even though the score was close, that Baltimore was just outmanned to the seed. I mean, they held their camera to 40, 40 yards rushing. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I forget what the, the exact stat is, but it was the first time that the Titans running, the Titans have been kept under 100 yards rushing in like a very long period of time, mm-hmm. which is highly insane. I want to say maybe the entire season, yeah, maybe dating back to last year. At least, I, I, like I said, I don't know the, the the exact thing, but they were held under 100 yards rushing, which is insane to hear, especially how dominant Derrick Henry has been over mm-hmm. the past few. And speaking of which, Derrick Henry was a 2,000 yard rusher. Yeah. Yeah, which you know, is which is why only forty yards rushing, <laughs> yeah. and, and and that was the reason why I thought that the Tennessee Titans would beat Baltimore because of the fact that um, they would rely heavily on Derrick Henry, and that would free up Tannehill to do whatever he needed to do offensively, be it scramble for a couple of yards here and there as he's been known to do, and also make plays with his arm. Um, but it, it it didn't go down like that, nope. and and they they knew that if they were capable of beating down on Derrick Henry, um, it, it was going to force Tannehill to, to potentially make plays and, and, and their defense swarmed and, and didn't allow that to happen either. 
Yeah, and so that's the thing. But check this out, man. The Ravens, man, it's like you. It's like playing on Madden. You know, when you run the ball, they rushed. For, they rushed for two hundred thirty-six yards. Yeah, they they've been rushing. They rushed for over two hundred yards several times as a team. They ran for, albeit against the Bengals, but they ran over four hundred yards against the Bengals. The last game of the season to get them in the playoffs. So yeah. they're on the road. They discovered who they are. They oh, discovered yeah. their identity. They're rolling. Maybe it's good for Lamar Jackson to, to play on the road. Who knows? Maybe get that pressure off him from playing at home. But it, it was it was weird. Again, me as a Steeler fan pulling for Ravens because of Lamar Jackson. You know, mm-hmm. to get the monkey off his back. Plus, I'm not that crazy about Tennessee anyway, but that's just old AFC Central history. I was about to say, that's, that's, that's another <laughs> AFC Central beef right there between yeah. the Steelers and, and, and Houston slash Tennessee. So, yeah. Yeah, and plus the beef between that still exists between Baltimore and Tennessee. So, oh, yeah. that's never going to go away. Um, Dude, I've got to miss the, the AFC Central. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, truly I mean, black the, and blue. Yeah, the, the, the Jacksonville the AFC tough North. Too. Yeah. yeah, Jacksonville oh, was oh. tough, too. Now, the was AFC, a problem too. Yeah. Oh, there was a huge problem. Now, yeah. the AFC North is close, is as close as we're going to get to it. Yeah. But to have that elimination of that fifth team, yeah. albeit uh, Tennessee or Jacksonville, yeah. it, that, that vibe isn't, isn't as strong as it used to be. Yeah. But but it's still there nonetheless. All those teams still hate each oh, other. Oh, it, it's, still, it's yeah. still there. Even Jacksonville. Yeah. It's still there. It's, it's still, trust me, it's still there. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So, so beat as a man about the Ravens and they're mm-hmm. getting, their, getting their swag back, being a good team like the Titans on the road, which is the conference finals last year. They go to Buffalo. I actually love Baltimore's chances in Ultra Park. I know it's supposed to snow in Buffalo this coming Sunday. Yeah, the game was on Sunday. And that's going to be fun to watch, by the way. Yes, it will. And, you know, that's going to help Baltimore in the sense of his running game. You want a good running game with snowing. And plus, Buffalo cannot stop the run. They're not as good as the Fisk as they were last year. And I think Baltimore's nasty up front. They'll probably like negate, well, that will ne- negate whatever running game Buffalo has. So I push all the pressure on Josh. Um, I forget his last name, but um, uh, but it's going to put the pressure on. Oh, Josh Allen, yeah. Josh Allen is going to put the pressure on that quarterback. So who almost lost the game against the, the Colts last week. Yeah, but that's going to be a huge challenge. So I like Baltimore to go forward, and who knows that they play? I think they'll play Kansas City in the championship game. But but still, I mean, that's 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 that's. I'm glad to see both um, uh, uh, um, Lamar Jackson get off the Schneid, and you know, in in their role. Um, also, uh, to keep going down this road, I know it was a losing cause, but I like the way Washington fought against. Um, against Tampa. I, I really did. I mean, they, they, they really impressed me. Um, that's just, that's typical Ron Rivera. Gavin them ready to play. They knew they were out manned, but they showed up. Mm-hmm. That quarterback, Travis, it was a Travis Heineke. Uh, t- Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke. Yes, sir. You know, had a, he's, he's very mobile. He led the team in rushing, mm-hmm. had a nice scramble for a touchdown. Um, it's just that they didn't have the horses. But it's going to be a shame, but I think the future is bright for your Washington football team. Well, I, I hope so, right? And I'll get to that. You got the story. coach. You got the coach. You got the coach. We had the coach, even though I'm still a little leery on the coach because of his past and, and, and 
in Carolina. I'll allow our, our, our watchers to go and look at um, uh, Ron Rivera's coaching record. I understand, you know, it's also part of the pieces, the players that, that you have on the roster too, that, that, um, that, that helps with that. But, you know, his record is a little dicey. And then the fact that it's almost like Carolina North here in D.C., especially as it pertains to the um, general manager hired that they're looking to do yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas it's more so going to be potentially a yes man for, for Ron Rivera because Ron's going to be making the decisions. You're right. looking for a GM more so to, to help out with the cap and everything else and I guess to assist Ron instead of being Ron's boss. Right. We'll see how that works out, right? Because um, we already know that that coach GM guys Bill I'll Ryan. say this though. I'll say this. I'll say this right quick, brother. Mm-hmm. At least he's taking control from Danny Boy Snyder. At least he's keeping that's, Danny Boy Snyder at bay. That's the the best part of this whole yeah. thing, which which is something that I'm yes. I'm enjoying yeah. because the thing is, we saw it a little bit with with um with Jay Gruden, but the thing it got to a point where things were starting to get murky again, and part of that was because of Bruce Allen. But I don't want to harp on the past. The thing is. Dan will stay out of the way. Well, it's, it's been shown recently that Dan will stay out of the way until Dan sees that he needs to get back in the way. Yeah. So this is looking like we're going in a good direction and Dan may continue to stay out of the way, but I digress. Back to the playoff discussion. Um, uh, Heineke, him running the ball um, in his play. I don't know if you remember, but the week before the, the final regular season game against Philadelphia where there was discussions of whether or not it was going to be Heineke or um or or or, or, or I see his face or, or Alex Smith starting for Washington yeah. in that game I told you I was comfortable with Heineke based upon what his head coach at Old Dominion said in an interview that I listened to earlier that week so much so that I was willing to run through a wall for this dude because I was yeah. so amped based on the conversation we didn't get a chance to see it against Philadelphia, but boy, did we see it against Tampa in a situation where Todd Bowles knew <clears throat> that he could dial up the blitz against a guy who hadn't seen a lot of um, a lot of NFL experience and potentially would rattle him, and it didn't work. And the fact that he was capable of dealing with that blitz because they kept sending the, the, the kitchen sink for almost the entire game, mm-hmm. and his ability to uh, uh, pocket, pocket awareness and his ability to maneuver within small spaces where he did some, some magical things several times within that game. That was the first time I ever got that excited about watching a Washington QB play within the pocket mm-hmm. and then make moves and scramble out of that pocket for a very long time. And yeah. that includes Brittle Bob. Yeah. Because yeah. Bob's thing was he would go <laughs> ahead and bootleg. <laughs> yeah, you know, Bob would go ahead and bootleg and then yeah. make run plays that way, or he would have um, called RPOs. Mm-hmm. Heineke's thing was he would try to make plays from within the pocket, and then if everything broke down, then he would run. Mm-hmm. And he's not afraid to do so. Right. Something that I, I thoroughly loved. The thing is, though, he's going to he's a, he's going to be a free agent at the end of the season, mm-hmm. and they need to resign him. Right now, he wants him. to stay. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, good for him because he, he went ahead and did it on a big stage. Mm-hmm. I understand it was only one game, but still, it was, it was a pressure situation. Yes, big stage of, of um, a playoff game on prime time mm-hmm. playoff game, 
against as much as I hate to do player versus player analysis in the NFL or in the NBA, especially in this situation where they don't have to defend any, one another, but people like to do it anyway. So I'll do it in this situation. Mm-hmm. It was still Tyler Heineke versus Tom Brady. Correct. And he came out and he performed well, even after that early interception, mm-hmm. he still had well over 300 yards passing, led the team in rushing. And if not for that horrible call, Mm-hmm. On that final drive, on that wheel route to McKissick, where mm-hmm. they said that he was stepped out of bounds and it was an incomplete pass, Washington could have driven down the field and 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 and, and scored into that game in the overtime. Mm-hmm. And a situation that no one thought would happen. Everybody thought that that Tampa would blow them out. Right. And even in situations where it started to look that way, even though um, uh, 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 Chase Young wasn't as effective as a lot of people would have hoped, including myself. Yeah. They still made plays. Much for calling Brady out, right? <laughs> he, he called him out, and, and they, did, they did their best to make sure that he yeah. didn't play well. Yeah. But you know what? Um, our, 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 our nose tackle, Allen, played extremely well. Right. And, and, and he had two sacks in that game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you can stop one. You're not going to stop all five of those guys in, in, in Allen, uh, 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 Young, uh, 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 kind of see sweat. Mm-hmm. Um, God, Kerrigan. And they got Kenneth a lot of dogs up front, man. They got, got a lot, lot of dogs, dogs up front. front. So yeah, you're, you're not going to hold them all down, right? And, yeah, go, go ahead, focus on Chase Young if you want. I enjoy that because everyone else ate. So yeah, <laughs> and, and and the thing was that game could have gotten out of hand. Um, for as many times as Tampa got into the red zone, but didn't score touchdowns, mm-hmm. and it just held them to field goals. Yeah. Hey, shout out to the defense on that. And like I said before, yes. And and shout out to to Tyler Heineke and that offense for doing as much as they could because Tampa did a wonderful job Mm. stopping Antonio Antonio Gibson in that run game. And Heineke, shout out to Heineke for forcing Cam Sims to make plays in that game on Saturday because Cam would be off and on again throughout the entire year. Mm-hmm. And that was one of his highlight games because of course they, they Tampa did whatever they could to make sure that it wouldn't be um, a, a Terry McLaurin beating them deep downfield. They were, they were forcing the ball to go elsewhere and other guys made plays. So wow. yes, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed what, what Washington football team did Saturday, mm-hmm. even in the loss. I'll say this, man, and we're not going to focus on this because we talk about playoff games and, and everything, but, I'll say this, your, and I mentioned this a little bit earlier, your mm-hmm. future is bright. I think your team's future is very bright. I, I think, I again, so. I know I know you're leery on Ron Rivera's Leary. coaching record. I know Leary, you're leery on him take doing the, even though he's not technically a GM and tight in his title, but he's kind of oversees the, he kind of like gets to, like puts together the grocery list and everything else. Mm-hmm. I, in, in addition to coaching him up, I get that you're kind of leery on that. I would be leery on that as well. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying the, the discipline that he instills is instilling in Washington, keeping yeah. Danny Boy at bay. And, and that's the most important thing, keeping Snyder at bay and doing his thing. Remember, because he because he fired your boy Haskins. Haskins mm-hmm. was Danny Boy's boy. Yeah. That's how he ended up in Washington. Yeah. So, you know, the point being is that I think you guys are good hands. All you guys need is a quarterback. Resign Heineke, uh, do some with Alex Smith, keep him around at least because he's a great leader in the locker room. And I think you got the defense. 
maybe short the back end. You got the front seven. Maybe short the back end. Maybe get some more playmakers. Who knows? But I think you guys, you you guys got a great future. Yeah, if they can go ahead and get them a middle linebacker, mm -hmm. um, maybe a little bit more help on the corners, even though um, Darby stepped up this year. I was a little mm -hmm. leery about how he would play um, alongside uh, Kendall Fuller. Um, Curl, the, 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 the seventh-round draft pick, safety um, back there. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens when London Collins comes back off of injury and, and, and how they deal with that situation. But yeah, I I I, and I like what's going on right now. Yes. Let's just see how they continue to build on it. I'm not going to get a hype yet, but hey, that firing in Philadelphia helped situations out for me. I like seeing that. <laughs> um, I wasn't necessarily too too keen, or I, I should say too keen, but too happy about the, um, the the change at defensive coordinator in Dallas because it's a possibility they may get better. Yep. Um, I was hoping that that Dallas the D was still. They don't have, just, but they don't have. But I'll tell you what, dude doesn't have, and I forget his name. Former coach of the Falcons, he does not have Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn, he does not have. Remember his defense in in Seattle, they had prime Richard Sherman, prime Cam Chancellor, prime who is the strong safety, the other safety there. I forget his name. Uh, Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas, yeah. And and prime Legion of Boom. They don't have that in Dallas. They don't have that in Dallas. Now, if they draft, um, if Dallas drafts, and then a position to do so, Jared Patrick Sertain the second out of uh, Alabama to go with um, with, uh, with 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 Diggs with Stephon Diggs' brother. Um, I think that's a huge. That, that I think that would be a huge improvement. But they need dogs on the defense. They'll have this. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't worry about Dallas. But as far as Philadelphia, you touch on Philadelphia right quick before we get. And, to and the, the, the Giants. The Giants are, have played well this. Past yeah, the Giants. Year. Giants. Have, yeah, they played out of minds this year, considering the lack of talent, but yeah. and the injuries. But the, it's kind of hard to say that a six-win team played well, but based yeah. upon what they did the year prior, right. they've improved, and there were spots in which that defense and the good. injuries. And then yeah. too. Yeah, that's the thing. If they can somehow get consistency through the injuries on the offensive side of the ball, mm -hmm. they might be able to do something as well. But yeah, as of right now, I'm, I'm still leery about Washington and what happens. Yeah. I, I show me, show well, me first. Before well, I get well, we're gonna we're, we're gonna before we get to the last game of, of Wild Card Weekend. This is the ugly. We'll get to kind of the ugly in Philadelphia. You touched upon Philadelphia real quick. I, I almost felt like forgot about. Uh, Dougie P, Doug Pierce are getting fired. Yeah. Um, that's wild. I understand why they made the move. I mean, you're going to go from the last game of the season from from uh, what's the quarterback uh, from Oklahoma? Um, oh, um, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts go from him mm -hmm. to to Nasty Nate <laughs> Sutterfield. My man, uh, Nasty Sutterfield. Nate. And um, you can't. You mean to tell me that I knew that the owner Jeffrey Louie wouldn't buy his explanation of wanting to see the improvement and evaluate Nasty Nate. I knew that wasn't gonna fly with him. But mm. it's but this one thing, man, that common denominator though, from Andy Reid to um, to uh, Chip Chip Kelly to now Dougie P, mm. is Howie Roseman. He's had yeah. some suspect drafts. He wanted power. And he craved power. So the eyes are on him. So Philadelphia's a fucking dumpster fire. We're not going to worry about him. But I'll say this, man. That's why I say you guys have a good future. So from the from kind of ugly to the very ugly, 
the Pittsburgh Steelers getting ass, getting their asses beat by by the fucking Browns. Look, I know that the Browns are a lot better this year. The future's bright for them, but goddamn, you own the Browns. Yeah, and you're gonna come out the snap selling right with Big Ben's head. Neither he and him nor neither he nor James Conner made an effort to recover it to keep it from going to end zone for a touchdown. I'm thinking, oh, the game's over. Because they were flat. Yeah. They were, they were flat. I mean, Marquise Posse hiking the ball way over his head like that. And then the next one is actually Big Ben throws an interception, a bad pass, and went over the head of the short corner uh, running back in the flat. That led to another touchdown, which was beautiful. It was like slant, catch and run by uh, Jarvis Landry. Mm-hmm. And it was over. 28 to nothing in the first quarter. 28 to nothing in the first quarter. quarter. Not half, quarter. And sure, Pittsburgh made a, they woke up in the second half, but damn, Cleveland was rolling like at that point, and include, which included a very suspect decision by, by Omar Epps, AKA Mike Thomas' decision to punt on four for one from near midfield when they had the momentum instead of going for it. That killed any momentum Pittsburgh had. Because imagine them scoring and making going from 35 to 23 to 35 to 30. Yeah. It was, was late in the third quarter. But it is whatever happened, happened. Um, sure, Ben Rossberger threw for over 500 yards, but he threw 66 passes. Yeah, he had to. He threw, he threw yeah. four touchdown passes, but he threw four interceptions. So those, those yards and those touchdowns are what I like to call empty calories. Because they were made when they were rallying, when they were battling the game, and had a rally. Mm-hmm. So, but I'll say this for Cleveland, right quick before I bash him and steal some more. Baker Mayfield, he kind of won that game. It was between that and the five turnovers the Steelers had that they took that they took advantage of. But the important thing is, he didn't turn over the ball. Baker Mayfield didn't, and he didn't get sacked. Yeah, and he passed for what two hundred sixty yards and three touchdowns. So he didn't. He wasn't the game manager. Yeah, he he led. He kind of led. I mean, this help of five turnovers, but it was all him. He it was the Baker. This was the Baker game, and from from the standpoint of the ebb and flow, and they're able to run the ball a little bit. But they Baker was cooking. So props to I can't believe I'm about to say about the damn Browns, but props to them for 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 getting their first playoff win since 1990 freaking four. Yeah, but I'll say this though. Is it bad that um, I, I kept believing that the Steelers would come back in that game up until um, you want the, the third quarter? One. You want the yeah. other one because they scored 23 points just like that. Yeah, but see, it, it, it's not a, um, an indictment on Cleveland. It's just we've seen stuff like that happen before in the playoffs in our lifetime. Yeah. Um, see, Baltimore, see Buffalo versus uh, uh, Houston. Right. In, in 1993, and then yeah. see... Um, Someone had a meme about that on Facebook, like when Clifford was making their run, but yeah. Oh, of course. And then, yeah. of course, you know, um, New England versus um, Atlanta, mm-hmm. or anything Atlanta has done earlier on this season. So, yeah, we've seen situations where teams are down big and still be able to ha- um, have a comeback placed on them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I was, I was hoping... That if, if Cleveland wanted to end the game, they would go ahead and put their foot, once again, lack of a better term, put their foot on their nets. Um, mm. God, 
um, to, to go ahead and, and, and end this game early because it seemed like there were periods, in, especially in the second quarter, where Cleveland, it seemed like they were just coasting and, and, and wanting time to run out. And I'm like, yo, stop playing. I understand that Ben Roethlisberger hasn't looked like old Ben all year, mm-hmm. but you don't want to be the victim of old Ben coming back and, and doing what um, he's normally done. So yeah. go ahead, make these plays, and get this game so out of reach that they can't come back. And they it finally happened halfway through the fourth, right? Where it was just completely um out of Correct. reach. But but yeah, but you hey, as much as you as, as ugly as the Steelers were against Cleveland, it's just about as ugly as the uh, the Chicago Bears were against <laughs> New Orleans. At least the Nickelodeon park. Did you see the game on Nickelodeon? At least that made it good. That made it worthwhile. I mean the oh. slime zone. How cool was that? The slime zone. Come on now. I, I just I just find it funny that there are a lot of adults and most of us, of course, that that enjoy that have kids. Yeah. Um, of, of whatever age, right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially kids that have watched Nickelodeon or that we have watched Nickelodeon at one point in time mm-hmm. in our lifetime. Um, I'm gonna say this, and I, I said it yesterday on Sleazy Sports. The broadcast team of Iron Eagle. Um, which of course Nate Burleson yeah. and um, I forget what the young lady's name is yeah, that, that has that huge TikTok that. power. Shouldn't I show all that with that Salam and Porter brother? Young oh, on there as so well. that's where they're from. Okay, yeah. so that, yeah, yeah, that that broadcast team was a lot better than some broadcast teams I've seen during the regular season. Mm-hmm. And anyone last name Collinsworth, um, that, that <laughs> appears on TV on a regular yeah, basis, right. and I would love to see them on the regular now. I don't know how much money Nickelodeon will probably have to invest in order to do this throughout the season, but hey, why not do this during the regular season? They could it do was just one game a week. They could do one game a week. They could they just have do to one do, game a week. They don't have Matter to do fact, multiple games. Hey, 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 Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon. <laughs> hey, hey, are, are, are you listening to Nickelodeon? I'm about to give you an idea. What you do is this. You go ahead, you set it up every week for your viewers of Nickelodeon to go ahead and vote on Nickelodeon.com or or, or on, on your, your apps or whatever or, or social media. Vote for the game of the week. And every week, you guys do that, right? And, and, and just do one game every Sunday. And you could do that for the entire season. I, hey, it's an idea, right? Especially yeah. if they believe that, excuse me, what happened Saturday worked well, why not do it it's for the money. entire season? Wherever the, they never know about making money. money. And the thing is that they already, uh, most of the clientele fan base, people don't believe this, is women. Yeah. Most of the NFL fans are women. This is mm-hmm. statistically shown. So they got the market with the adults, obviously, young adults as well. They're tapping to the, tapping this now. They, they're, mm-hmm. tapping, they, they're tapping the market for kids. Yeah. And they see the way they explain the penalties. And how Nate Burroughs did an awesome job of talking, not talking down, but explaining the games to younger viewers and people who don't really watch the game. I like that young part. Sheldon, like, like breaking down like the penalties. Yes, yeah. with, with young, the, the, the character young Sheldon breaking yeah. down the penalties. And like uh-huh. you said before, Nate Burleson not talking down to the kids, but just explaining the game to them. Dynamic. Now, I'll, I'll say this. The, the both of us, we had to grow up just watching regular football, yeah. right? And, and we had to learn that way, which is something that I don't begrudge. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not upset that I had to learn it that way, but had I had to learn it this way, 
Oh man, it would have been a little bit easier. It would have been, but you know what? Hey, it, it was cool learning it the way that, that we learned it too. So I'm not mad at it. But yeah, this that's a way to introduce the game to kids that probably wouldn't watch it on a regular basis or to make it a little bit more accessible to younger viewers that don't understand. Exactly, exactly. That, that, that demographic of kids under 10, mm-hmm. Now, I mean, yeah, we were special. We understood probably by the age of nine, by the age of eight, we got it. But those kids, six, seven, eight, nine, mm-hmm. that's perfect for them right there. Exactly. If that was done, that was perfect for them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, why not, right? Why not? Why not? Why not? One more thing before we move on to college football playoff. I meant to ask you about this, you know, you check, check going to down memory lane with Nickelodeon. Um, there was a lot of chat on, on on Facebook groups and Steelers Facebook groups of fan mm-hmm. base because we have a large fan base, obviously. And of we course. We pretty unsufferable at times. But yeah. um, <laughs> let me ask you this. We don't have to go in depth. This could be for another podcast if we wanted to. What should we do about Big Ben? $41 million count against the cap next season. He'll be in his last year of his contract. He's 30, he'll be 39 years old. We'll be over, we don't have any, we'll be over the cap next year because of COVID. So should we, we and, we, and we, could, we can't cut them because if we cut them before a certain date, we'll save 19 mil, but we'll be on the hook for 22 mil and dead money. So to me, you might as well keep the motherfucker for, for, for one more season and just reinvest offensive line because he couldn't run block with a damn, uh, improve our secondary, uh, trim the fat and, as far as Juju. Let us ask. And Pouncy and Pouncy is gone. Yeah, Pouncy's probably gone. So no, we he's have retired already. He made the announcement. Oh, he did. Oh, I missed that. Damn. Okay, it's, so it's official. Mm-hmm. No wonder they were crying on, on like on the bench at the end. He and Big Ben because they, they figured it was it's going to be over, and maybe Big Ben will fall suit. Who knows? But the point is, is that we need to. I think we two offensive line, um, get rid of our coordinators, both of them, mm. um, and. Um, yeah, office corner sucks. He's too predictable. Um, go back to a power running game. Get some running backs in the get a running back in the draft, but mainly focus the draft around rebuilding the the um, the offensive line because the defense played well even yeah. with the injuries. So focus on the offensive line. You got wide young wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Get a running back in the draft. Maybe hire some a couple of guys in the secondary for free agents. That's free agents. But I think the big question surrounding Big Ben, the one domino already fell in Pouncey. That's one of his best friends on the team. So mm-hmm. what do you think the Steelers should do about Ben Robsburg? Yeah, like you said, it's going to be a huge cap hit if they cut him, which yeah. I doubt that they do, right? Um, the only way Big Ben is out of Pittsburgh is if Big Ben wants out of Pittsburgh, and, and that's only um, retirement. Yeah, he has one retirement. More yeah, yeah, because no one's going to be willing to take on that 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 amount of money in, in a trade for a guy oh, hell no. who is who is probably past his prime, right? Yeah. Um, the thing though that I, I think is going to be interesting for Pittsburgh is, as of right now, we don't know who is the heir apparent to Big right. Ben. Right. Um, they should it's have not been Mason taking Rudolph. He played his, better this year, but yeah, I'm not a fan of Mason Rudolph at all. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to watch that final game of the season, so I don't know how he played in that situation. But yeah, my thing is they should have. Well, they. I'm hoping that they got in the time to evaluate that. And see, this is this is why I don't like the preseason being reduced 
um, to, 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 to three games or possibly two is because you won't get an opportunity to, to see situations right. where guys that you need to develop throughout the year. They need game situations. They need, they need game, game play situations. situations Practices won't do, do that, much. right? Practices won't yeah. do but so much. Yeah. Practices won't do but so much. You, you have to learn in the line of fire, even if it's mm-hmm. against bad competition, right? Right. Um, as long as it's NFL caliber competition, even if that's uh, preseason NFL yeah, caliber for no competition. Game plans, right. Yeah. yeah, right. So mm-hmm. just something so you can see what it is that you need to work on, develop on that, work on that so you can go ahead and have your replacement. But the way things are starting to set up now again for 2021, they won't even have that mm-hmm. to reduce um, schedule and then you get 17 games. So they're going to really have to find a replacement for Ben. ASAP. Right. ASAP. They can't put, they keep putting, we can't keep putting it off. We can't keep we putting, putting it off the last few seasons. We can't yeah. keep putting it off. And then you have to take one more shot with trying to make a championship run with Ben and, and see and, and, and hope that it works out. Um so so yeah, but but yeah, you need to go ahead and get you a um a, um a, a, a guy that'll that'll be within this system at least a year before Ben leaves, so you can go ahead and prep. If not, it's it's going to be a while before they end up getting a QB in there to try to get this team back um, to its level of play. But hey, we've already seen that this team can can win without a quality QB and go eight and eight right. with Big Ben not in there. So you know maybe they can just get them a guy that's good enough. So it'll be very intriguing to see what they what they do with it over the next two years um, based upon QB play. Do they decide to go young? And, and, and fill that spot that way, or once Big Ben decides to hang it all up, do they go ahead and, 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 and fill that spot with a journeyman? Well, and we'll close the show on this. College football playoff. We all knew that Alabama was going to win. I was hoping Brand wasn't going to be asked with but deep down I kind of knew it was going to be asked with They were just mm-hmm. better about they were, they were better than LSU was last year. Okay. Yeah. Mac Jones doing his thing. Uh <laughs> Throwing for what four what four touchdown passes I think, um, no five touchdown passes. Excuse me. Najee Harris had a field day. Devonta Smith, two hundred fifteen receiving yards. He was that dude with three touchdowns. But I want to focus on on uh, Nick Saban because mm-hmm. it's not to me. I didn't need that game to for to validate his greatness. I figured he was already better than Bear Bryant. You know because they both had six national championships before uh, uh, Monday's game, right? Um, and now, obviously, he has seven. But, I, you know, to the point where Alabama has state, statues of both Bear Bryant and Nick Saban outside of uh, this uh, football stadium on campus. But for Nick Saban to do it during the time where there are, uh, there's a cap on scholarships per team, mm-hmm. that everyone at Mama's is on TV, or on TV, um, and that, you know, you have power conferences that a lot of teams still get a big share of the pie. The SEC is tough as it is. Mm-hmm. had to deal with the Clemson problem the, the past few years and to tear down what I thought was a great Ohio State team this season. Well, not great, but a damn good Ohio State team. And to do this year after year after year after year after year, right? And, you know, and we hadn't talked about the one championship he won at LSU. So, to me, I think that 
that Saban is just a man. He's just he's just a goat. He could quit tomorrow and be the goat, but he's not slowing down anytime soon. He's a damn good recruiter, and you know. But because think about this, when Bear Bryant was in his heyday, they were on mm-hmm. a few teams on TV every year. Yeah, there were no capital scholarships, so the blue bloods were able to be the true blue bloods in terms of the rich getting richer. And smaller schools or schools within the conference that couldn't compete, they couldn't compete with that, right? No. You only had a handful of great teams. So to do it then, of course, it was easy. I don't want to say easy to because it's never easy to win on that level. But still, it was an easy lift to me to have all that happen back in the day than have it now where parity is more prevalent, even though it's like pretty much the same four or five teams every year. Right, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Oklahoma for the most yeah. part. Yeah. And maybe Georgia, mm-hmm. Georgia here and there. Um, and Notre Dame, maybe. But maybe still, Notre Dame, you know, yeah. the occasional Pac 12 team, right. the occasional like um, Oregon or some Big shit 12 like that. team. Yeah. 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 Basically, yeah. Yeah. So for Nick Saber to do it consistently in the rough and tough SEC, you got to give it up. He's the GOAT. Apologies to Bear Bryce, family and friends. Saving this a go, period. End of discussion. I'll say this, right? Um, I mean, he's 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 done it with um a lot of great players. Right. And um, this is the first and, and maybe the last time that they'll end up playing this type of schedule with the mm-hmm. SEC where they played everybody, right? Because of COVID. Um and for them to, to to run the entire SEC the way that they did this year. Um, and there were some good teams in the SEC this year too, especially with Florida stepping up the way that they did. And, right. and um, who else looked good in the SEC this year? Florida, Georgia, of course, as always. Um, but Georgia always finds a way to Georgia it up somehow. Um, so, yeah, yeah, for them to run through the entire conference like that, mm-hmm. kudos to them. Um, this might be his best effort ever, um, just based upon, um, what, what they did this year. I don't know if this is necessarily his best team because we've seen him have better defensive teams with a bunch of stars on the offensive side of the ball too. This is the first time he's done it with all offense and, and little defense. Um, so he's, he's one of the greats. I don't know if I can necessarily call him the greatest. Um, I mean, I don't want to be a, a prisoner of the time because we can't do that very easily. Um, but he's, he's pretty damn good. Right. He's pretty damn good. Exactly. So yeah. we were saying, so any other tidbits, any uh, tidbits you've heard here and there that you want to share with the viewers that's on your mind? Or, oh, let's just oh. talk about your go-go shirt, right? Sweatshirt, right? <laughs> right quick. Capital City go-go. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, G League. Nice. Yes, that's sir. Nice, nice. Yes, um, my sister got this for me as a gift for Christmas a couple of years ago. I think I said on the show before, my sister is a huge basketball fan. Mm-hmm. And um, when, when the name was first announced, when they said that we were going to get a G League team, mm-hmm. and um, it was going to be called the, the, the Capital City Go-Go, man, we lost our minds. And <laughs> then for the logo, I don't know if you can see it well. Yeah, 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 I can. But the logo is a nice. Congo drum. Yeah. With the basketball in there. Yeah, that's tight. I'm like, oh my God, I gotta get me some merch. I gotta get <laughs> my hands on the merch. 
So she went ahead and surprised me with that. So yeah, um, I, I haven't worn this in a, in a while, so I went ahead and pulled this out today. But in terms of other tidbits going on, first and foremost, as it pertains to the um, the national championship game, two tidbits. Shout out to me for for being um, Nostradamus, as I like to call it again. Um, if, if you saw, you know, we normally do our our, our annual picks um, for college football season, but we do our picks based upon the um, the spread every year. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the second time I've won okay. um, on the show. Now, we didn't have the best picks um, in, in terms of um, our, our show hosts and our contributors. Well, not our contributors, but um, our, our, some of our fans. Well, no, they are contributors. Yeah. Um, um, one of our fans, Howie, he, he, he actually got the best record out of everyone mm-hmm. in terms of the picks. But as of the show host, I got the best. Mm-hmm. And um, I won it based upon um, the final score. Now, I picked I originally picked two scores in terms mm-hmm. of um, the total points. My original pick was 73. My second pick, which ended up being the, the total, 76. Mm. So, yeah, that one was, was, was weird. It, it's not the first time it's ever happened because, I mean, you got that. I see things. That's that's, that's greatness. <laughs> I see I'm not, things. I see things. I don't. I don't. Right. I don't want to brag about that. It's, it's like the movie, <laughs> The Beautiful Mind. It's just yeah. ironic that the guy's last name is also Nash. But I digress. Uh. Um, but the, the, the second thing that I wanted to talk about was, of, of course, during the, the the multicast that ESPN does. They all, once again they did the film room where they have the uh, the head coaches there. Mm-hmm. Shout out to AT head coach Sam Washington, who was the first HBCU coach to appear in the film room during the national championship game um, on that broadcast. The bad thing though, for anyone who watched that, that part of the broadcast was that he wasn't able to be there live due to, um, to, to COVID protocol. Um, he's, he's not sick. It's just that he has practice um, for the team for the upcoming spring schedule. Correct. And he didn't want to go and then have to quarantine and then mess up the practice schedule. So he just basically did everything remotely from his home mm-hmm. while everyone else was in studio. And with that, um, it seemed like they over they talked over Coach Washington throughout the entire show unless they asked him a direct question, which which made me feel bad. I'm like, dude, why do I have him on there? If if, if y'all That's what I asked you about that. Too. How was the flow? But yeah, yes, man. Uh, it, it it was horrible flow unless they asked him a direct question. Um, but with that said, as it pertains. To HBCUs, it's that time. It's media time. Mm. Well, um, well, not media time, but a um, uh, 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 media day time. Uh, today, start off the two-day event of the SWAC having their, their spring football media day because FCS spring football is right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and today, um, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, made his, his introduction to um, the local media within the media day mm-hmm. um, with, with, with Sack. So they're going to have part two tomorrow. And then in about a week, week and a half, the, the MEAP will be having their um, virtual media day as well. So spring football is right around the corner. Oh, and, and speaking of spring football, it appears as though that North Carolina A&T will be without another player. Um, the, the, the corner, um, uh, 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 Mac McCain, mm-hmm. Uh, the, the the grandson of Franklin McCain um, from the the ANT four 
that was that's well known oh. for the for the Greensboro sit-ins. Right, the sit-ins, yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah, Franklin McCain the third, he, he's he's the namesake. Mm-hmm. They call him Mac. Um, will not be returning this spring. He's foregoing his, his final year and will be entering the NFL draft. Oh, good so it's gonna be very yeah, so it's gonna be very interesting to see what happens with him as he looks to for, um further his NFL career. Um, so it is gonna be very interesting this spring to see what happens with him foregoing his 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 um final year and this this spring they might be without um Jamaine Martin the star running back because he's going to be participating in the NFL Players Association Collegiate Bowl mm. later on this month so yeah it's going to be interesting to see what, what A&T does um a, 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 as a football program this upcoming spring in their final season in the MEAC yeah this 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 spring season is going to be very interesting in terms of HBCU sports on the FBS, well, I'm sorry, on the FCS level, and um, to see how everything turns out. As they, I'm basically calling this a, a, a long, an elongated preseason before mm-hmm. the fall season. And with that, we'll wrap it up. So thank you all for tuning in to the Clown Hour. Please subscribe on, on YouTube. Just hit the subscribe button. Then the the, uh, the bell goes ding, ding, ding. Whenever you get some new clips, you'll know. Also, please check out my man again. On the yards of HBCU Sports, we're asking about all things HBCU Sports, Sleazy Radio <laughs> as well on Facebook Live every Tuesday night. Check out his great work and contributions on H. Oh, no, I'm sorry, on HeroSports.com. We're asking about FCS as it pertains to HBCUs. And that's for me and that's for everyone else. Do the following stay your ass at home, wash your hands. If you have to leave the house, Wear your masks, okay? Don't be like the University of Alabama fans. Please don't. That's please do not be in a super spreader event because Corona would be like this. You don't want that. Yeah, you don't. You don't want that. So stay your ass at home. Don't be like those kids out on middle of wherever they were in Tuscaloosa. So please don't do that. Please be safe. And as always, take care. Have a good night. Peace out.